Behind home plate, we bringing it to him all day. All day. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? from Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearing sitting host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by a guy who would never defer his podcast contract, the button lover, Josh Soroka. I mean, no, but I'll take that $2 million a year. Yeah, I mean, especially right. if you're making forty million off the field, which reportedly he makes a year off the field. Well, and he made forty-two million with the Angels. Yeah, so he's already got a good chunk in the bank account. Yeah, is there any truth that he's just doing that so he doesn't pay taxes in California? Is going to move to the Cayman Islands once he finishes playing to collect or, the rest of his money, or back to Japan or whatever? I don't. I, um, I imagine Japan is high tax rates too. I yeah, know. I don't know how that goes. I, and I don't do know how know, taxes work because the Dodgers are paying him still. So I don't know how that works. I believe you have to pay taxes in your place of work. I, I for some reason I'd have to look it up. For some reason I heard that baseball players and like sports people have to pay taxes in like every state. That yeah, yeah, yeah. So every time they play a game, they have to pay that tax rate. In that right. Didn't you hear, right. That's how I believe. I believe. That's true. Yeah, just I like if I have a business in Maryland and Florida, I got to pay taxes in both. Right. In theory. Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember something about that. I don't know. It gets all complicated. They have tax accountants that handle that. That's true. That's true. He can afford that, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think he's got a little pocket change left over to, to pay his taxes. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if we can do the same thing with... Um, Gunnar Henderson or our guys, just give them like 10 bucks now and say, we'll pay you the rest later. And the good news about that is by that time, you know, John Angelis, John Angelis probably won't even be on the hook for the, for, for the rest of the payment anyway. I That's mean, what I would do. If I knew I was going to sell the team, I would just start signing everybody. And putting all the money deferred so someone else had to pay for it. I mean, that's, that's, the, interesting, that's the interesting part about this deferred payments is, isn't that the, like, deferred payments, isn't that like you or I just, like, putting things on a credit card? Like, eventually we got to pay those things. So isn't it, yeah, but, like... But, but the difference is, like, you get screwed for us because of the interest rates. Right. For deferred payments for the player, the players get screwed because they could be accruing interest on this money that now they're letting the Dodgers hold. Right. It goes back to the discussion about playoff tickets and how the Orioles made a bunch of money just by letting our money sit in the bank before they refunded it. Yeah, the Dodgers are loving this, right? Letting all their yeah. money sit in the bank and, and that, uh, it's certainly good for the Dodgers. And the deferred option is probably why it's $700 million and not $500 million because right. by the time they pay all that out, $700 million is not quite as big of a number as it is now. Um Will we ever see someone like it's a record across all the sports? Well, American sports, yeah. Amer what are you talking about? All sports. No, you, soccer, Josh. There's soccer players making a lot of money. I don't know my soccer. I, we got some soccer heads, I'm sure, in here. There is no way a soccer player oh, is absolutely. making 700 million. Oh, I bet more. Highest Gosh, soccer, people soccer like soccer. Player. Yeah, go, 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 use the Google machine. 
it's going to blow your mind. Renato, Cristiano yeah. Renato, uh, made um, $260 million last year. In a single year. Yeah, yeah. Or this year, 2023. Yeah, yeah how's that $70 million looking <laughs> for, for a year? That's... All right, Is that the right. guy who went and played in, in Miami? Is that the guy? Um, I don't know. He's, he's the guy that all the kids are talking about right now. Well, he, I think this Ronaldo. guy came and played. Uh, he left to go play in Miami and uh, brought all his, his friends with him. Oh, I maybe. Know. I don't know. I'm embarrassing myself with my lack of soccer knowledge here. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't know who, he, who is in Miami. I don't even know about Miami having a football team. Yeah. So... But all right, never mind. I guess the question is for um, baseball, we won't see that number passed for a long, long time. No one's yeah, going to get near that. I mean, before that, it was Judge at 360. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the reason he made that money is they're assuming, I know he's going to be out this year as a pitcher, but they're assuming he comes as an elite pitcher and elite hitter. So you're paying for the elite hitter and the elite pitcher. Exactly. And I don't see anyone else, yeah, being an elite pitcher and elite hitter like that. Right. That's how um, they're justifying it is he's a pitcher and a hitter. Yeah. So he serves both your needs. Um, but no, it's not. It was anticlimactic, right? They signed with the Dodgers. It's very predictable. That, that was fun. It's better than the Blue Jays. No, hold on. But the drama yeah, the was, with the Blue Jays was fun. Yeah, I like that. And then a bunch of reporters were coming out and saying, we're so embarrassed. We apologize. We need to do better. Get over yourself. No, you guys just made Twitter so entertaining for a day. Yeah. The the, meetings are so boring. You guys finally found some entertainment, and now you're apologizing? No, right. people are doing that crap. Oh, the, the plane tracking and then Run sending every rumor. Sending guys to the airport to take pictures of him getting off the train, and it's the guy from Shark Tank? I mean, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, it was it was great stories. Um, and then there's rumors that maybe it was leaked on purpose because the Dodgers were kind of being slow and and they wanted to push the Dodgers' hand. And if that's the reason, that's cool too. Uh, yeah. I, who knows? Or yeah, it's just entertaining. Yeah. Either way, it's entertaining. I was hoping it was going to open up the floodgates, and everyone else would get signed up right after that. But um. It did not. It didn't push like guys to sign up, make a bunch of deals today and spend all that money that they had sitting on. Like you didn't see the Blue Jays go out and spend a bunch of money or the Cubs teams that were rumored to be going after Otani. Um, but yeah, I, also, I mean, if you look at like the top 25 list on fan graphs, there's only like seven guys that have been signed off the top right. 25 list. So there's still... I mean, Blake but, Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Marcus Stroman, all these top pitchers are out there. Yeah, but they're still, still – but what's interesting is there's no great position players. They're all good, but there's yeah. no top of your class. Yeah, I think Cody Maybe Bell Bell Bellinger, Bellinger maybe. Bellinger would probably but, be the only one I'd be really interested in. You mean yeah, you're, not, you're not interested in Hanser Alberto? I'm not interested in, in, in Hans Alberto. Uh, Josh Donaldson, Evan Longoria, Gloria. Like these are guys that are too old. J, JD Martinez. Yeah, there's a lot of old guys out there. If, you're, right. if you want to get an old guy, these are all guys that probably aren't going to get signed. Yeah, or if they do, it'll be near the end, uh, kind of league minimum. Yeah. Andrew McCutcheon um, was the guy that stood out to me, and I was like, man, you're one of the old guys now. Like yeah. I, I remember last time we went through this where I wanted you. 
Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it, Aaron Hicks is still out there too. I mean, that's the one guy that maybe we could bring back, but he's an old guy too. I he's think an he's, old guy. He's 34 now. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's not a youngin. No, but, um, but we did make a signing this week. A lot to talk about. We got, uh, Rumors selling the team. We got a lease Rumor. and then no lease. Yeah. I'm not, this lease has turned to a whole another mass. And, and then we got a, a signing. So we got we got some news to, to 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 get into. All right. Yeah, we got plenty of Orioles news. Um you want to start with Craig Kimbrell? Yeah. All right. So we signed Craig Kimbrell one year, 13 million with a second year option. I think we just we I don't know what this is with the second year option. We always do it. We're not gonna pick it up. It's okay. But we just give everyone a second option just for fun. Um, but it's really just a one-year deal for $13 million. Um, Josh, how do you – I mean, he had a pretty good year last year. Famously kind of flamed out in the playoffs yeah. with the Phillies. Um, he's a veteran. Uh, I think he'll be 36 this baseball season. Still has good heat on his fastball. Average velocity on his fastball last year was 96 miles per hour. Good strikeout rates, kind of all that stuff. And a little surprising to me is – Orioles already said he's going to be closer. Uh, What's your impression of the Craig Kimbrell signing? You know, we got to we got to replace Batista. That's a big. That's when we talked about no holes. Batista was clearly a hole, not having there. It never when we rearranged and put Cano and Perez in different slots. It didn't work the same. So we needed to replace that. And Kimbrell is as good as you can get out on the market to replace Batista. Um, really interesting to see how much his analytics changed when he had would had a, a good a good pitch a good catcher behind the plate. Like um, uh, I'm blanking on his catcher's name, but when he had the better catcher, he had like a sub two ERA. And then with the, oh, you know, with the catcher theory and with here, the backup, okay. well, with the backup catcher, it was much higher. Okay, and it was very interesting. So I like the idea of him pitching to Adley. I like the idea of a veteran presence. That's been there, he has playoff experience. We don't need to worry. Well, all right, yeah, he flamed out in the playoffs. He's got moments of that in his career. Uh, he sucked for a while with the White Sox, so he's got stuff like that. But no, I mean, I don't, I don't mind the signing at all. I, I kind of like it. I would yeah. have rather wish we could have made a move to get Josh Hader over, but I'm guessing Kimbrel is because we couldn't get Hader. Yeah, I mean, you opened that statement while I was saying that kind of he's the best we can get. But the reality is, I mean, Josh Hader's still out there. Jordan Hicks is still out there. Uh, even Robert Stevenson is still out there. Um, and one could argue that any of those guys would have been better than Craig Kimbrell. But but Craig, Craig Kimbrell, I think, is if you're not going to get Jordan Hicks or Josh Hader, I think Craig Kimbrell is that next tier down, kind of the the, the tier two after those kind of top bullpen arms and I, I don't like Craig, Craig Kimbrell I don't like his face um, I don't like that stupid goofy scarecrow bit he does I didn't like him when he played with the Red Sox I didn't like him play, when he played with the Phillies um, I was happy when he started with the White Sox so I, I don't like Craig Kimbrell but you do now but now he's an Oriole so I kind of have to like him right and, and he does um, listen his strikeout numbers are great uh, if you look at his strikeout numbers um Last year, twelve over twelve strikeouts per nine innings. That's some dominant stuff right there. Had an ERA of three point two six. So it's the home run rate was a little bit up, but I think people hoping in Camden Yards that home run run rate will go 
go right back down. Right. Um, Especially with the deep wall. Yeah, yeah, with, with, with the deep wall. And we have a good defense behind him. But he's always had, I mean, every single year he's had a K rate above 10 in double digits. So even later in his career, he's still striking top people out. In 2021, he had a K rate of, of 15 per nine innings. So the guy misses bats. I know that's what Michael Elias loves. Um, because nothing bad can happen when you strike someone out. So he's going to go in there, and then it takes the pressure off Cano. Cano can go back to his eighth inning spot. Um, and if you look at you know the steamer projections, they already Fangraphs released the steamer projections for the Orioles, and Craig Kimbrell is listed as the second best bullpen arm, uh, kind of projected. Um, I don't think you'll guess who the first, the best bullpen arm projected is is on according to Steamer um, and Fangraphs. I don't know who is it. it? D D L Hall is projected the best reliever, and I think there's some, really? some doubt if he'll be a reliever. But they're assuming, yeah, assuming. You just muted yourself, Matt. They're assuming he's going to be a reliever, and he's going to have the best stuff. So. Okay. Uh, I yeah. Someone was you know what? A uh, guy at work must have been reading that same article because he was talking to me about how D L Hall is going to be an excellent reliever for us, and I was telling him how I I still hold out that he could be a starter. Yeah, and I mean. It, They've been asked about it, and I think Mike Elias and Orioles people, according to everything I've read, they're still undecided on the position of Wells and yes. and Hall, which when I hear undecided, I, I assume that means they're still going to try him out as starter because you can always – you can't really go from bullpen to – you can't like, well, let me try him on his bullpen and then switch him to starter. It's always the opposite, right? You, you keep him as starter, and then if you need to, you switch him to the bullpen. So I think they're going to have all hands on deck and – have yeah, a lot of starters, and if they need to move to the bullpen, yeah, and they came out and kind of said, "Hey, we don't need to make a decision before spring training," and we also know that Elias is still kind of like out there about the possibilities of bringing a starter in, which would then obviously affect those guys. Yeah, but if you're Tyler Wells and DL Hall in the off season, what are you doing right now? You you are getting ready to be a starter. Yeah, you're getting ready to be a starter, definitely. Yeah. yeah, and and by the way, <laughs> there was that massing article. Sometimes I read the massing headlines, and I just chuckle to myself. I just chuckle to myself, Josh, when I look at some of these headlines. So here was the two days ago. I don't know if you saw this. Rock Kubako, he's a writer for Masson. If you ever heard of him, uh, um, heard, seen the name, yeah, 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 yeah. He wrote. Here's the headline: Could Orioles pivot away from trying for a number one starter and lower expectations? question mark uh, and that, pivot away from how can you pivot away yeah. from something you never had that's right when the plan was this the whole way it's not a pivot and he had one line in there that i i stopped reading after this because it just what are we even talking about here the the line was outbidding the men this is a quote from rakabaka's article outbidding the many deep pockets hey uh you muted yourself again something's going on with your I, mic today what are you doing muting yourself? I hear you. I hear you're clicking. But I can't hear you. I have a very sensitive cord. Oh, you keep unplugging every, your mic? Yeah, every time I, I'm not even touching it, just the vibrations of the air is causing it to, to jiggle and come undone. And then after. All right, you got to calm down. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, I was quoting the article. It said, outbidding the many deep-pocketed clubs isn't a strategy. Offering left-hander Eduardo Rodriguez $80 million over four years, as the Diamondbacks did to sign the former Orioles farmhand, never seemed like a realistic maneuver. That's not even that much money. That's if a good deal. If you can't pay someone four years and $80 million, if that's unrealistic, right. four years, $80 million, then yes, you will never sign a top-of-the-rotation starter. That's absolutely true. Right. But if you you should have known about that. That's not new. That shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. No, I saw the four years, $80 million or whatever, and my first thought was we could have made that deal. We could have paid that. Like there's no reason for us not to do that deal. So I don't, yeah. And if that's too much and if that's spending too much money, then our starters are, our number one is Bradish and Rodriguez and means, and you better hope that they pitch at their top level performances because you're never going to afford a guy at that 20 million, especially when we're talking about numbers out. Like we've seen this off season, 80 million for four years is completely reasonable. Yeah, but no one saw it coming because on fan graphs on the twenty, he was projected at what twenty three. No, it was projected actually. It was below the below the eighty. It was projected four years, nineteen million a year. So four years, seventy six million a year, and he got four Ooh. year, eighty million dollar year. Oh, see, we so, were all we were all in for the seventy six. Yeah, four. and the and the Michael I saw eighty and said, oh no, we can't go and sign a starter for eighty million. So that's just such a dumb article. The and I like Rakubako, I do. But come on, if you weren't planning on spending $80 million for a pitcher, then you were never trying to sign a top rotation arm. So shut up about it. Um, and so, and that's fine. That's fine. Because I argued last week, I like our guys. And, and I'll rock there with, with Means and Bradish and Rodriguez. I'll, I'll rock it with them. But, but don't give me this nonsense. We pivot because we found out Eduardo is making $80 million. So we're pivoted now. That's so dumb. It is. It's 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 silly. It's because you're right. We're not there. We're not going to spend that money. It's why we got Kimbrel instead of Hater, probably. So, yeah. Um, and it, you know what? Uh, yeah. I mean, right. And we like one year deals, and anyone who is good is going to want more than one year. <laughs> exactly. Right. And then um, it's all right because hopefully that means we're getting new ownership, maybe. Kind of, sort of, eventually. And then maybe we can re-examine the way this team is managed. But for now, I am comfortable with the guys we have. Yeah, it was. I was encouraged. And maybe this and maybe this is obvious. No one made a big deal about this. But they asked Scott Boris if... Because yes. Gunnar Henderson and Adley are Scott Boris guys. Which, no, 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 no. Gunnar and Jackson Holiday. Yeah, yeah. Holiday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Gunnar and Jackson Holiday are, are Scott Boris guys. And they ask him, hey, listen, is Mike Elias trying to extend these guys? And, you know, Scott Boris said, Mike Elias calls me practically every day trying to extend these guys. Um, and Scott Boris says he relays, you know, he relays it to the players. I'm sure telling the players don't do it, but he relays the message to to the players. And so at least Mike Elias is having those conversations, right? Scott Boris pretty much explicitly said they're having conversations about the extension. And there goes your microphone again. This is going to be a fun one of the, those shows. So you can try to fix it. I just, I don't know. I get, I this whole off season, I've really just said on, I'm okay without the Orioles signing anyone. 
because I'll get my hopes up for guys and then realize, oh, there's no chance the Orioles have this. And I don't want to be disappointed. I'm comfortable with the guys I have. So we can just roll with that. Your mic's still not coming out. You're still just talking. You want to pause the show and we'll fix it? Let's pause right here and we'll come right back. All right, we're back. You got your mic fixed? For, 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 for now. Uh, I don't know why. It's just that uh, the cord, the plug keeps on jiggling out of the hole. And I, it's almost like this, uh, if we can make this metaphor, this is this this cord is the Craig Kimbrell trying to fit in the Felix Batista hole. And it's just not quite working as consistently and good as, you know, the Felix Batista cord. And so I'm oh. trying to work, but it's just not the same quality. So it works most of the time. But occasionally, it's kind of it doesn't get the job done. Well, I'm I'm not going to put that on Kimbrel yet. I'm going to be hopeful that he can fill the hole. Oh, wait, he's, we'll no Felix, he's no Felix. He's no Batista. Uh, yeah, I didn't say he was. Right. But he has a he has a longer track record. Are you okay Batista. with that stupid scarecrow thing he does? Um, the, oh, the bent over, the bent over arm Snare hanging down. down like he's got a broken arm or something. Yeah, um, it is what it, I, everyone's got something different. All right. Um. His I'll have on a T-shirt by the end of the week. I'm sure. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm sure there's be a stupid bobblehead with it too. A bobble arm. A bobble arm or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, but a good a good. I think it's gonna have veterans. I, there, there, there's not a lot. I mean, he has playoff experience. There's not there's not a lot of um, people in that bullpen, if anybody, that has playoff experience. That's another thing. All right, you want to get to some of this? What do you want to talk about next? Ownership or lease? <laughs> Which uh, made-up thing? Let's see. What happened first? Was the first story the lease or the first no, story? No, 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 no. The, the first, first story was, was the ownership. The owner, because there's speculation that maybe the ownership story is related to the lease story. All right. Well, right. So let's talk about the – let's start with the ownership story. So this came out in Bloomberg. Well, actually, out the, of the lease blue, right? story was announced the lease is done, agreed upon. Right. The lease is agreed upon. It's and that, that was announced, and, what, Wednesday morning? Maybe. And then the ownership came out. All right. And then the so, lease story again. So, fine. Let's talk about the ownership. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about ownership. So, uh, this came out in Bloomberg saying that David Rosenbaum is like closing okay, in. It's, it's Rubenstein. Rubenstein. Yeah. Rubenstein. Sorry. Um, I should have opened it up in front of me. But anyway, saying that David Rubenstein is closing out on buying the Orioles and it should be settled early next year right um dude, i don't know if they put a date on it. it um i mean the article is literally a minute long right it just says that david rubenstein is in talks to acquire the orioles um but nothing's been finalized and then everyone ran with it baltimore banner cnn it was on everything yeah um the orioles are estimated to be Valued at one point seven billion dollars. Um, yeah, Angelus is going to make a nice chunk of change. Yeah, and the, I guess the good news was we saw excitement because we were ready to move on from the Angelus family, and then excitement that it's a local guy who, in theory, is an Orioles fan. At yeah, least I mean, grew up an Orioles fan. 
Yeah, we don't know nothing about his fandom. We know he did try to pursue uh, purchasing the Nationals, so maybe his interest in buying a sports team. And he did. I mean, he has connections with Johns Hopkins. He was born in Baltimore. Um, so, yeah, that's... And he's got a ton of money. Um, unlike the Angelus family, right? The Angelus family, they, I mean, Peter was a lawyer, and they bought the Orioles cheap compared to these prices, whereas he's coming in with billions of dollars. So presumably he could, you know, spend right. some of that. Here's where I saw the, it was right in the Bloomberg article, the headline, Rubenstein's net worth is $4.6 billion. Yeah. Uh, nothing is finalized, so it could fall apart, but the deal could be announced in the first half of next year oh. if finalized. Could be announced for stuff. Okay. A lot could of be announced, but also could fall apart. Right. But anyway, it's the first time we've seen a true, like, hey, the Orioles actually, this person actually wants to buy the Orioles. Instead of just fans projecting, oh, maybe Cal can buy the Orioles or Mark Cuban can buy the Orioles. We saw an actual guy who's like, hey, I'm ready to buy the Orioles. Yeah, it's true. Now, I was excited about it. and um, But then I read an article, I saw this from the banner, Baltimore banner. Yeah, John Angelo spoke out. Well, well, and yeah, John Angelo says, well, he told Wes Moore. Right, that the team's not for sale. Team's not for sale. And the Orioles, the Baltimore Banner, very compelling reasons. I want to hear, throw, throw these reasons out at you, Josh, on why it doesn't make sense for the Angeles family to even consider selling right now. And they laid out four reasons. And I want you to know if these reasons seem le- le- legit to you. Yeah. The, the first reason that they lay out is that Angelos is kind of on the precipice of signing this development rights deal, right? Yeah. And that's, that's so why would he sell the team right after he got all this, all these hundreds of millions of dollars to develop stuff around the, around the stadium. Why right. I agree. I agree. That's odd, but so I you think, think that's legit. A legit yeah. I think that's a good reason. That's why I was surprised. Um, I do. I, we've also, but is been, that part of the appeal of selling the team, right? Cause those rights go, I presume to the next owner. So is that part of the selling? I don't team, know. Or is it part money? of, or is it part of, I'll sell the team, but I'm holding on to Masson and I'm holding on to Birdland Entertainment. And that's going to be all this restaurants and bars and everything built around. Uh, so maybe that's part of this, this yeah. ownership thing is he wants because, to, because there's also the tricky part the developer business. Right. Cause if you remember when we talked about when we had the brother fight, we talked about the fact that like John Angelos has said like in his will that like, they have to sign the te- sell the team when he dies because he didn't want the family to fight over it. Right. So, and now the team actually is in, um, is it Georgia? The it's in the mothers. Yes. It, the mother has, because right. Peter is incapacitated or whatever. Um, Georgia, the, the mother has and she control has been here. said that she wants them to follow that same plan. Right. So it could be, Hey, let me get this sweetheart deal on all this development. I'll sell the team like my dad wishes, but I'll still make all this money around the team. And that makes actually a little bit of sense because John obviously has kind of come across as someone who has some business ambitions, but doesn't seem someone who's interested in winning a World Series. <laughs> but no. he seems to have other business ambitions. But, but bringing concerts to town right. makes a whole lot more sense for him. And he could still be in the concert business with this deal. Yes, correct. But he could just run the Baltimore Battery. Right. Um, right. The second reason they give, they give four. Yep. The second reason is, and you just hinted at this, the the Masson deal. So the fact that we still have 
um, not only our masking deal, but we still have a portion of the Nats masking deal. Yes. So that's a pretty sweet deal. And so why would you but, get the sweet kind of TV deal? And I would argue with that, with what I was saying before, the Orioles don't own Masson. The Angelos family owns Masson. So it's not clear if those rights are sold to with the t- with the team or not. There's also you're seeing a push from Major League Baseball as a whole to try to change TV rights. We saw was it the Brewers they just announced a couple weeks ago will not have any blacked out games next year, and I think it might have been another team because Major League Baseball is fixing that. They see that as a major problem, and that takes some of the power away from Masson in the future uh, as they try to. Pro- change the way baseball handles TV rights and try to make it more like the football and the NFL. Yeah. I, I don't buy this argument at all. Actually, the second argument, because I think mass and viewership and they mentioned this article is down. People have mass and is less, right? It just is. It, it is the, the $3 per cable subscriber. You're not making that money as much anymore because cable subscribers are going away. Right. Exactly. Um, and, 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 and there's other factors here that could, kind of also diminish Matt, Matt Masson. So I actually think there's more motivation to sell now while you can still add in Masson and all that money as part of right. the, the appeal. And I believe we the the Nats lawsuit stuff with Masson is settled for now. Yeah. Right? We lost it. Yeah. I think we're still appealing, but yeah, yeah we lost. And we'll appeal all forever. Right. All, right. So all right. We knocked out two reasons. The third reason, I think the third reason is very le- le- legit. And that's the most obvious one is why would you sell the Orioles now when you've just gone through all these losing seasons and it's finally paying off and you're finally getting winning baseball and the future so bright. Right. Right. Like Don that, Angelos hired Mike Elias. They went through the rebuild and now they're good and you sell the team. My guess is because it takes a, it's a long-term process to sell the team and you're selling it on the projection of winning the world series and you want to bring that be that family that's brought the World Series back to Baltimore, and then you sell immediately. You sell on the high. Yeah. Or, or Josh, you don't believe would, in the rebuild. You don't care about the World Series. You don't. That's true. And you if made your the money. Whole purpose is to maximize a return. Brilliant, John. This is actually brilliant. You brought in Michael Elias, completely turned the franchise around. Our team is worth a lot more now, Josh, than it was in 2019. A lot more, right? Oh, the, look. Look up how much it, it's increased just since the Angelos family bought it. Well, yeah, but but I'm saying even the last three or four years, it has increased tremendously because of the play on the field, right? Because now all of a sudden we can guarantee playoff income. Not guarantee, but we it's more like that play, playoff income and more fans right. are coming. Oh, no, you're right. And, and so I just think what like, a- business-wise, we can sell the team. If you don't care about the World Series and you just care about a, a rate of return, you're getting more money in your return now since you have such a bright future. Um, so again, like if I'm owning, I don't want to sell the team when we can win a World Series next five years. But again, that's also like, I can tell the next guy who buys the team, hey, listen, you could win a World Series the next five years. Exactly. You really should want to buy this team. Right. Um, I just said a little bit ago that the Orioles are worth, what, $4 billion? No, no $1.7 billion. The yeah. Dodgers were worth $4 billion. $1.7 Okay. Peter Angelos bought it for 173 million. Yeah, I know. Isn't that mind boggling? No, so it's, it's 173. Is yeah. They're gonna pay that much in taxes when they sell the team. So oh, yeah. that's that's the next that's the last reason. Okay. 
So like, I don't know how this works, but this capital gains tax. Yes. Right. That would be for Peter to transition it to John. Right. So if you sell the team while while Peter is still alive, you have to pay all those capital gains tax on that whatever hundred and some million now to one point four right. million. You have to be taxed on that profit. Now, if you wait till Peter Angelos dies um, after his death, you're not subject to those same capital gains capital gains taxes. Um, and so that's I don't know how that's what hundred million dollars. I don't know how much that that is, but that's a lot of that's millions and millions, tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars. I would imagine that you're saving if you wait till after Peter's death. Not to get morbid with it. Yeah, I don't. I thought it was the other way around. I thought that it was they'd have to do an inheritance tax. But I don't know. I'll trust the Baltimore banner for knowing better and doing more better research about this. Yeah, it says, I mean, the article says um, the sale, however, would be unlikely before the death of Peter Angelos, 94. Angelos purchased the Orioles in 1993 for $173 million, according to Forbes. The team is now worth $1.7 billion. A sale before Peter's death would leave the Angels family open to capital gains taxes that could tally in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay. After Peter's death, Georgia will fully inherit the team and would not be subject to those taxes. That's what the Baltimore banner says. Okay. All right. But again, I'm I'm no tax expert. Right. I'm not either. And we know they those type of people have ways around all the taxes. Um, Let's just say when I die, no one's going to pay taxes. (laughs) Not have to worry about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, those are all valid reasons. I mean, those are valid. Those you, are all valid like, reasons. Uh, yeah. But I can also give you one and a half billion reasons to sell the team. And, right. And when, and when you're talking about 1.7 billion, 100, let's say two, $200 million in taxes is a lot of money. But when you say, oh, well, you only get 1.5 billion. <laughs> right. What's that? Is that billion, that's like well, me paying. Well, isn't, uh, if I pay, that's how I have to pay two hundred million in taxes off of one point five billion. Yeah, isn't that the equivalent of me paying like twenty bucks? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. We need to get a mathematician on here to do the percentages, but yeah, but 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 yeah, it's 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 less of a blow. But but again, all this also could just be like planning to sell the team, right? When your dad dies, and well, then- and. You want to go through with it, so you're just putting your ducks in in, in, exactly. in, in a row. So that could be that as well. It's morbid, but Peter Angelos' death is imminent. He's 94. Yeah, he's, he's 90, 94. I, I thought he's 95 now. Oh, is he 95 now? Do you have a birthday? Um, <laughs> but he's he's been – I feel like he's been bedridden for years. Yeah. And um, Father Time's undefeated. Um, no one lives forever. Oh, he is 94. He turned 94 yeah. on July 4th. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, those things are always tricky and hard though, right? You don't know if someone will live a year, two years, three years, four years, but it also makes sense if you're the Angelus family and, and you're not really, and you want to sell the team to, to, even if you're not going to sell the team until your dad dies to, to get all your, everything in, in, in a row, it makes sense. I'm sure Georgia too. Um, I think there's incentives for her to want to kind of, I don't know, not, not have her sons go, go to court again over this, <laughs> just be done with this. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. She's 80 years old. So yeah. she doesn't want to deal with this either. Right. Um, 
And so it just, yeah, I mean, it makes sense to sell the team. And then when you have a legit report saying that it's actually happening or there's actually in talks, uh, yeah, it's enough to get the fan base excited. But again, had the Nats even sold yet? No. And they've been trying no. to sell for what, two or three years now? Yes. And they're going a different Actively play. Trying to in, sell. They are imploding the team in order to sell the team. Yeah. So, like, I remember there were talks about, oh, well, should they trade or keep Juan Soto because of trade? And now Juan Soto's been to the Padres. Now he's to, to the Yankees. <laughs> and the Nationals are still sitting there. Which is uh, interesting, which is wonder why this guy wasn't able to buy the Nationals. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the whole story with why the Nationals haven't been able to sell. I mean, he was part of a team, I believe. It wasn't just him. Um, I thought he was part of a like a a group of partners or something try, trying to buy the team. Um, Apparently, part of the slowdown for the Nats sale was the Orioles Masson dispute. Oh uh, yeah. Apparently, no one wanted to get involved in that, and then they were worried about the pot about. Uh, about Soto. So trading Soto to the Padres was helpful in that regard also. Yeah, but that's been done. Yeah. Yeah, so I am uh, let's see. Yeah. And then latest news on that sale is that it's on hold until the Masson stuff's over. Yeah. Well, that's offer. And um, that, but that, was, that was part of the Ted Leonsis group, right? That he was, well, I can't think he was part of that. Who? What? Who? Yeah, well, was he? Because Ted Leonsis uh, was part of the Ted Leonsis group. So okay, whatever happened to their group? I think that's the problem. Uh, they offered two billion dollars to the Nats. So yeah. I don't, I don't know what happened and why that didn't go through. Yeah. Um. So two billion to the Nationals, and that's when they're in the rebuild, and that's when they don't have Masson. The Orioles are not in a rebuild, and the Orioles have Masson. How much no, the Orioles going for? The Angelos family has Masson, not the Orioles. Yeah, but presumably Masson would be part of the deal. I don't know how the Angelos family would keep Masson and sell the team. I don't know. Apparently, the Lerner makes sense to me. I don't understand, but I know that the Lerner family turned down the two billion dollar Ted Leonsis offer. See, Which that's is ins- crazy. That's insane. And so how much is the Orioles going to go for, Josh? What do you think the Orioles stats is going to be? Uh, $1.5 billion? I don't know. $2 billion, I guess. Are the are Nationals the Nats- worth the Nats- more than the Orioles? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, the Nationals have a World Series. You they got think- D.C. They got some, maybe some, you know, the suites. You got the fancy lower section that you and I are well familiar, f- f- familiar with because you got all the big wigs. You got Tony Cornadrol in there. You got DC people in there. Um, but are they if, worth more than one? I don't know. If you if you buy the Nats, do you have to keep them in Washington? You going to Nashville? Yeah, that's my thought. You think Rubenstein saying the same thing about the Orioles? Uh, no, he's a local guy. Hmm? No, I got that. What if John Angelos bought the Nationals, sold the Orioles, and bought the Nationals and moved them to Nashville? See, I would be, I would support that move. I <laughs> Me would, too. I would support John Angelos in that. And and it would be like a good like thing. Be like, hey, look, I'm going to sell you the Orioles for four billion dollars because I'm going to get the Nats out of your backyard, and you're going to yeah. get all that DC market back. Yeah, it'd be a good deal. So yeah, totally, it'd be worth it. Yeah. 
maybe John Angelo is trying to position himself to buy the expansion team that goes to Nashville. Uh, they really want to. They really want a team in Nashville. They, they so do. If, if someone doesn't move there now that they got Vegas, you know Nashville's got to be top of the list. Yeah, and you know they want to get the Angelos family out of here first because you know the Angelos family is going to freak out. First, you bring the Nationals and take our market. Now you're going into Nashville and taking some of our market. We split that market with the Braves. Yeah. It's true. They should stay out of the East Coast. Go over there, yeah. you know, Salt Lake City, Portland. It's it's amazing. Oh, more there. Yeah. When you look at the map of like where Major League Baseball stadiums are yeah. and teams are, there's some, big, there's some big holes in the, in the country. Yeah. Uh, uh, so so with that, and, and it's not clear if it's related or not, but after that announcement came, that Bloomberg article came. There was no announcement, just that Bloomberg three-paragraph article came. Then the next rumor to fall was that the um, talks with the lease, which had been finalized, yes. everyone said, no, this is not just a pretend finalized, like the announcement on the Jumbotron. Right. This is a real finalized. Right. They said, oh, uh, some senators or whatever, just some committee just has to sign off on it, but we've got the deal worked out. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then it turns out one of the senators <laughs> was was not having it um, and objected to, to to the deal. This was um, Senator Bill Ferguson yeah. released well, a then, statement, yeah, saying, and here's the quote: "He said fundamentally, I fundamentally I believe that the long term lease for the use of the ballpark should not be conditioned on whether or not a private owner receives the 99 year ground lease to develop land owned by Maryland taxpayers. This Agreed. is more relevant today." as recent news has heightened uncertainties about the future ownership of the team. I agree with that statement 110%. But you don't know if the Senator Josh is Republican or Democrat, so how can you agree with it? I, I don't care. <laughs> I, it doesn't kidding. matter if someone says a good statement. <laughs> the the know, fact that they're tying this lease into giving extra uh, real real estate to Angelos is ridiculous. But but why would this come up now? This was the whole thing to begin with. Why have a deal and then this guy comes out and says, uh, "Hold up, I, you would think this is part of the negotiations the whole time." It's kind of weird the the timing, right? Oh yeah, totally weird timing. And then the governor comes out too and it's like, "No, we're going to put a pause on it and see." Yeah. And so after he says that, it's not really his decision. The governor's called. The governor says, "Okay, we'll we'll pause." But then John Angelus calls the governor. John Angelus says to to the governor, "Hey, listen, there's no there's no sale. There, 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 there's no sale here. So, if the reason the deal was rejected was because of the or put in hold because of the sell of the team, I'm not selling the team. So, did you did you see what the deal was for the land around Camden Yards? The 99 year lease. Yeah, a 99 year lease of 94 million dollars. So for 99 years, you are paying less than a million dollars per year for all that land. This is like a Shoei Otani deal. Yeah. And and <laughs> and the fact that that number, just like Otani, it's deferred. So it just gets smaller and smaller as it goes on. And it's worth less as the land is then worth more. Right. It's 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 ridiculous. It is that is the deal that Angelos had in mind when he donated $5,000 to the governor's race. Yeah, I think it, that money gets less every time you say it. The uh, 
The uh, but Josh, I think John's argument is, isn't this a legit argument that his investment in the community would benefit the whole city of Baltimore, just like you know the 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 battery oh, really? has benefited that whole area, so, not so- just those the benefit the whole city. Okay, so he just all that all that profit goes to the whole city. Well, no, not directly, but all the the profits that kind of spur off, right? All the employment and they're paying taxes. You know, all the all the growth in the economy would be greatly beneficial for the city. Maybe, maybe not directly from the money they're making from those buildings, but all the you know secondhand profits would go. A lot of that would go to the city. Um, okay. Trickle down effect or something. Trickle down economics. Right. I, I get the trickle down economics. I get the whole investment. <laughs> it's not you're getting a I just think that I think that's what John giving him. Yeah, I know that's what John will say. But you're giving him the chance to make all this money. If you want to instead, how about you develop that and rent it out as a city and then you make that money and build up that area on your own? Uh, you want the how whole about, city to just take over it? Josh, maybe an no, individual I want, investor could do better than, than the city. Could. I want a developer that will pay more than uh, a 99-year lease for that land. Right. Let's do it the old school way and bid it out, right? Yeah. Bid it out. I mean, yeah. Someone's going to pay for that, and we're going to supposed to give him a great deal because he's sitting there and saying, hey, give me this land or I'm taking the Orioles. Yeah. No, no one – you think – this is what well, is this I mean, what you, drives me crazy about people saying, "Oh, the Orioles are going to Nashville." Yeah, we just saw the Athletics move to Las Vegas. Right. It all happened. the all the owners approved it. Right. There's no way that the Ori- that the owners would approve the Orioles to move because John Angelos didn't get his land deal. Yeah. No, John Angelos is the villain here. Yeah. Yes. There's no way that would ever get approved. They'd be like, "But you have." The, the reason the athletics got approved is because the city would not fix the stadium. The city would not give them a new stadium. Well, yeah, it was in both sides too. The, the athletics weren't keen I get to negotiate it. either. It was, it was yes. both sides, but yeah. But, but it had gone on for years and years and years of having a crap stadium. Yes. Um, it's this the is reason, not about a crap stadium. This is about this development. Is a, this is about, and this is about the state is already sitting there and saying, hey, we gave all this money to the Ravens. We have the money sitting right here to give you. You just have to sign this extension. Right. Same as the Ravens. Yeah. Same exact as the Ravens. Yeah. And this is an owner who thinks he deserves more because he happened to inherit his team from his dad. Well, he has different different ambitions. Yes, he has different ambitions. But it, Josh, isn't the Atlanta battery, isn't that cool? What, 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 what you I like love to it. see something like that yes. in Baltimore? I'm all for that. And, and there's so much. I mean, we went to the casino there, and we walked from the casino oh, to the stadium, and you walk by areas that are empty or undeveloped, here's, and there's here's what so I don't much get. opportunity there, it seems like. What I don't get is Raven's Walk. So Raven's Walk is lined up with uh, vendors and trucks and all these people that roll on game, in to day. Make, on yeah. game day. Yeah, yeah. What I don't understand is why that walkway between the two stadiums is not lined up with businesses and bars every day for the Orioles, for the Orioles, for everyone, like permanent buildings. Oh yeah. Like, why is it not a permanent walk? I know you need a certain number of ground level parking spots for NFL tailgating, 
Right. But I would develop those on the opposite side of M&T Bank, and I would make this area in between that two of parking garages and bars and restaurants. And I would work with developers to do that, not John Angelos. Because John Angelos is not a developer. He's a business guy. Well, Big I, difference. Yeah, I mean, I think you you maybe should partner with John. You seem like Where, you, you got some ideas. But show you're right. Me one, show me one thing John Angelos has done to make money. To make money? Yeah. What, what, tell me one thing John Angelos has done. I assume his concerts have made money. Maybe. Right? Maybe. He, he brought those here. That's the concerts baby. that he got, that he negotiated free rent at Candom Yards to host his concerts. Though the concert at M&T Bank was, I think, a bit of a disaster. That I don't know. I forget who was playing. Uh, All Stevie that traffic. Nicks. Yeah, poor Stevie Nicks. And uh, someone else. Was it Billy and, Joel? And not only is Billy Joel, but it, it might have been. It was a big name. And half the people were unable to get there because of yeah. all the traffic. <laughs> but I'm telling you, he came up, do all the research. He just got. He went to law school, then got a job with his uh, in the Orioles with his dad. Josh, the he Mike has, Elias hire was a really good hire. Uh, yeah, and that's a John decision. Okay, great, great. So he hired a guy that was kind of a no miss guy, and you gave him control. That's great. No, no miss guy. The guy's never been a GM before. Why, He's a young I, dude? So now I need to. So now me, as the state of Maryland, the city of Baltimore can trust that you know how to run a whole business park that you know how to build one from scratch and manage it. No, I think anyone can do it. You just need a hundred million dollars because he's not looking to do it himself. He's looking for the state to give him a great deal. And then he leases it all out and hires other people to do everything. I think that's what people do with money. Yeah. yeah. But John Angelos does not deserve this is what that, I'm saying. Yeah. That's your thing. You, you're just mad that he was, you're just jealous that he was born a son of a baseball owner and you weren't. That's what this is about. I mean, it's, he grew up with Peter as a dad. His childhood probably sucked. I think your but, perspective would be would be different, Josh, if you were the son of an owner. No. What I don't like <laughs> is the leverage and the trying to leverage the team. For and kind of hold, holding the city hostage here. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's what I don't like. I don't like that we are still having this discussion on December 11th when months ago – you made everyone cheer for you saying you got a deal worked out. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know how all this works, but I do if, know that John Angelos has lost every benefit of the doubt. Yes. I do know that John Angelos is a proven liar. Yes. <laughs> He's repeatedly lied about things. Open the books. Where's these yeah. books? Yeah. Um, don't ask me a tough question because it's MLK or whatever. I don't even remember what holiday it was. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. It was MLK day. Yeah. MLK. You can't ask me a tough question. Um, and then I'll open up the books and let me see it multiple times. And then, oh, we have a deal. Uh, oh no, we don't really don't, don't, don't have a deal. So he's, he's, he's a liar. Um, and he, he doesn't seem to be that interested in, in, in building a world series team or investing in the team in any serious way. Um, it seems it's, like he invests in the team enough to make a profit. And, and so, yeah, I, I, I don't know the inside outs of this deal, but I do know that John Angelus has lost. Any benefit, of the, any benefit of the doubt. So if this is a disagreement between some senators, um, some government officials, and Peter Angelos, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I would side with the probably corrupt government officials <laughs> exactly <laughs> over, over John Angelos. Right. So that, that's where I'm at with this. I so it was kind of where it fell after it fell apart. 
it was reported that in a private phone call between Governor Moore and John Angelos, Angelos refuted the Bloomberg story and said that the Orioles are not uh, up for sale and not being sold. But when we go back to that whole lawsuit is where we found out that the Orioles did hire, uh, what is it, Goldman Sachs about selling the Orioles, looking into selling the Orioles. We know that it said that Peter Angelos wishes that it would sell, that they would sell the team, and that the papers say it's Georgia's decision to make. Yeah. So John can sit there and say the team's not for sale. I would be willing to bet that Georgia will sell the team right behind his back. Yeah, well, someone asked mom um, because the son can say all he wants. And then, listen, and you, you can say the team is not for sale. And, and, and listen, first of all, we just said he's a liar. But you can say that and then say, well, when Peters dies, then it is for sale. But all the time you're setting it up to sell the team. Right. But it's not for sale. But you're just putting your ducks in a row. If, and then you will sell the team and it'll be for sale. So it's like, what, what are you even talking about here? You right. If it's not if we, for sale, even if you're trying in the background to sell it, but it's just not officially for sale yet. Right. Exactly. If we role played this again, like we did before with the brothers. Yeah. And our dad said, none of this would have happened if Lou was in power with Brady. If Brady <laughs> Anderson and Lou were in charge, none of this would have happened. Right. Uh, but if our dad said, Hey, I want you to sell the team, but because our dad has dementia, it's our mom's call. Yeah. Guess what our mom's doing? Yeah. She's selling the team. Yeah. Yeah, it's as simple uh, well, as I that. I don't think our mom has any interest in owning the Baltimore Orioles. No, but or, if or we said kids fight about it, right? If we fought over who get who inherits the Orioles, yeah, and not just and fought, like, went to the team, went to court suing each other. Right. I mean, I would imagine Thanksgiving dinner is awkward when you're trying to sue the other person. No, I would say I would around December fourteenth, I would call you up if I was the mom and say I just wanted to let you know that this morning I signed all the papers. The team has been sold. Now come over for Christmas. I'm tired of this team tearing our family apart. Yeah. And I would say, screw you, mom. I'm not coming home for Christmas because I want to own this team. And you just cost me a chance at it. Thanks for right. ruining my life. <laughs> exactly. And I would say, you're a 50-year-old man. Get over yourself. Call your brother Lou. Yeah. What's Lou up to anyway? I have. I'm in Bradis. I'm in Wrote off in the sunset together. Uh yeah, I don't. I don't think Brady gotten back in the baseball either. I don't know where Brady, don't know. And, Brady and Lou are up to. He did. Uh, he did nullify his part of his ownership of his father's law firm. Lou. Lou did. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. not nullifying his part in the Orioles, though. No, he is on Twitter. Let's see what's the last thing he posted on Twitter. All right. Uh. He posted, you're right. You know, thank you. <laughs> you know, we would have never guessed three years ago, whenever this fight happened, everyone was Team John. They were. John was saying good things about the community, wanted to revitalize the community. He was saying the right things. Um, we were all Team John. We were. Team John. John sounded like a, 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 a breath of fresh air compared to Peter. John was, it seemed like he kind of, you know, like I said, he wanted to invest in in education and all about the community, and um, and we were Team John, and we were. It <laughs> feels like a long time ago. Uh, would you like to know what 
Lou Angelos retweeted your right to. Uh, sure. This is from August 23. This year? This year, August 14th, 2023. All right. Where this guy tweeted, on this point, I have to agree with Putin. I was at Nat's ballpark, and they showed on the scoreboard a guy proposing to another man and kissed each other on the big screen. This was clearly a setup to show everyone this is something to celebrate. I'm Catholic and appalled by this. <laughs> you, someone said you're right, and Lou Angelos retweeted you're right. That's kind of a bizarre thing. I know. It's a bizarre, uh, kind of a bizarre, that's the last time you used Twitter, Lou? Where you been? Does, I, I bet there's a lot of doubt, just based on one thing, I bet there's a lot of right-leaning political things he's retweeting on his Twitter. No, that's the other thing. Is The other thing he posted was like anti-Trump. Oh, really? Yeah, so I think he goes both ways. Okay. So. All right. But uh, it's – can it be baseball season yet? I'm tired of drama about this ownership group. Family. Why do I say ownership group? Ownership family. Yeah. I mean, I mean, after the winter meetings, we thought, oh, we have some stuff to talk about. Rule five guys, free agent signings, trades. No trades, no rule five. We did get one signing, a reliever. But if you Google, like I always do before the show, I Google Orioles and put in the news feature. There's a couple Kimbrels, but everything else is ownership lease, ownership lease, ownership lease. So that's where offseason is at right now. Hey, I wanted Josh thoughts real quick as we wrap up. Six thirty-five start times for all the weekday games announced for the Orioles. Um, are you pro six thirty-five? Are you against it? Maybe I'm just becoming an old man, but I am pro six thirty-five. Yeah, I like the earlier starts. I like the shorter, faster pace of play. I like that I'm not up until one in the morning on West Coast trips. I like all this stuff. Yeah, I, I'm fine with six thirty-five. I completely agree. And as someone who has a six-year-old son who has a seven o'clock bedtime, right. um, I can get him to stay up to watch three innings with me. I'm all about that. Yeah, um, exactly. It, I'm, and, I like it. Yeah. And, and listen, we're not traveling. To, I'm not going to work and then going to camping yards. I think that's the biggest complaint. I'm not doing that. Yep. Um, and so I will I say, deal with that, so. right. I will say I do like the occasional Sunday night baseball, Saturday night baseball. I like the occasional. Yeah, I do too. It feels special. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Like I, is it this Sunday or the Ravens Sunday night or it's the following Sunday? No, they're this Sunday night against the Jaguars. Yeah, they're down here. Uh, I like that. I like yeah, the excitement. Too. I like that I can do family stuff all during the day, and then I've got this to look forward to. But for yeah. baseball with all those games, yeah, six thirty-five is wonderful. Yeah, because I do. I get the late night game. I love West Coast baseball because that's I can put all the kids to bed and sit down and watch the full game. But for the rest of the season, yeah, six thirty-five is awesome. Yeah, no, we're on the same page there. Um, all right. And you know what? If I lived still in Maryland, I would get to these games by 635. Yeah, I'd, I mean, I, I work on a school could, schedule. I'd be out of work by 4 and I just, home just, by 430 and get there by 530. Right. I would think even with 7 o'clock games, I was there by 630 generally. Yeah, so, I, I mean... Do do a lot of jobs go till six? I, I don't know. I don't know what the traditional. I guess I mean some might, and I guess the idea is you go home and go out, but you make it work. You figure it out. Yeah, you get dinner at the stadium instead of. I, I bet it's good for dinners, by the way. Yes, more people probably eat dinner 
At yeah, the they probably you're stadium. right. Make more money at the stadium because they you don't have time to eat dinner before the game. Right. Downside for the battery. Whenever they build yeah. the battery, they might want to push the back to get. That's people true. To that would be seven thirty start times. Or or you have it earlier, so then they can drink after the game. That's true too. So. I mean, that's true too. If you start at six thirty, that game's done by nine. Right, These and then the bars are still open. Yeah, and they go. You know what? That that's perfect for the battery. You're right. And then you go nine watch o'clock. the West Coast games at the bar. Walk out with your boys. They're like, well, it's only nine o'clock. I can't go home yet. Let's go to the yeah. bar. Yeah. So like it. This is part of John Angelus's plan. Yep. It's all about money. Yep. All right. Let's get out of here. Speaking of money, go to get to Birdland Sports. You got any Christmas specials, Josh, for Birdland Sports? Christmas sales? No, I don't. Some Christmas the, t-shirts? I don't at the moment. Um, okay. I believe I can still get the shirt to you by Christmas if you go hop on there uh, in the next day or two. So head on over there, grab a sell the team shirt. All right. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook and stuff. Write us a review. We need some more reviews on iTunes. Appreciate when you guys do that. It's been a while. Yeah, and I uh, I should have had Twitter in front of me. Thanks for the shout-outs for people who are show, where we're showing up on your uh, most listened to podcasts for the year. And you're tagging us in screenshots and all. Thanks for that. That always helps. Uh, how do you see that? That's just a Spotify thing? Or it's a Spotify thing. No, it's a Spotify thing. I don't use Spotify, but I see people tag us on Twitter and Instagram with it. All right. I should see so. Spotify. All right. Yeah. Thanks for the shout out. Uh, keep them coming. You can follow us on Twitter. At section 336 is my handle. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Sroka. Oh, I mean X. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go over.